Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also in the spring, they have their Firefly Festival. That's in May. And now we've we have not been to that. That's another thing on my bucket list. I would love. <laughs> you to have see. the Firefly Festival <laughs> in your wish bucket. I is do. That, is that right? <laughs> Could I see the bucket before before we plan the next trip? I'd like to. You don't want to go see them. I guess they all come out. No, I just like to know what's in the bucket because I think sometimes items fall in the bucket before they're fully approved. <laughs> This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast, stories from our journey to all the U.S. national parks and other public lands. I'm Karen Smith. And I'm Matt Smith. We're the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. We get a lot of questions from people asking us what parks they should visit during specific times of the year. In today's episode, we're going season by season, talking about parks that are great to visit during these times of the year. 63 national parks from Southern California to Northern Maine, and every single one of them has an optimal time to visit. We'll be breaking it down by the four seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall, taking into account things like weather, wildflowers, fall foliage, snow levels, and crowds, to name a few. Hopefully, this will help you narrow down your choices when you're planning your next spring break destination, summer vacation, or fall getaway. started on today's topic, I want to do a quick gear review. I like gear. (laughs) (laughs) What what, what do you got for us today? Well, Matt, this gear is only for women. I'm sorry to tell you. Are you getting paid to do this? No, no. I just wanted to share this new um, thing that I found for women. It's useful, and I think women will will love it like I do. Uh, So back in our 10 Essentials episode, I talked about carrying toilet paper in my backpack along with a baggie to pack out the used toilet paper, but now there's a new option. Wow, I can't wait. (laughs) What's the new option? You look so excited. Yeah. (laughs) So for my birthday a month ago, one of my girlfriends gave me a Kula cloth, and Kula is spelled K-U-L-A. This is for women. It's a reusable pea cloth. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I know, I know. Just hang on. Uh, So over the last month, I've had a chance to use it. And just really quickly, it's about five by five inches square. On one side of the fabric, it's absorbent antimicrobial fabric. And on the other side, it's waterproof fabric. So that's on the side that you're holding it so your hand doesn't get wet. Okay, I already have a few questions, but but this has gone on way longer than I wanted it to, so I'll just hold them, which is also an option if you're in the wilderness. (laughs) No, not always. (laughs) Now, this Kula cloth has a double snap, so you can attach it to the outside of your backpack, which is genius, because if it's wet, then it can air dry. (laughs) Okay, what does this look like? I I need to know, just in case I see a double snap piece of fabric. Yeah, look at my backpack it's hanging on the outside so then this this little genius piece of fabric is hand washable while you're traveling you could wash it in your hotel sink (laughs) we're not doing that (laughs) hey i've seen you wash your underwear in a hotel sink 
embarrassing. So well, I don't want to hear about that. You can also that was necessary. <laughs> you can also throw it in your washing machine with your hiking clothes at the end of a hike, like I do. Okay, what does this thing look like? I, I want to know if it's if it keeps coming out in my loads of laundry. We'll have to have a new laundry schedule. This Kula cloth costs around twenty dollars. They have their own website where you can purchase it. Or I also saw it on REI's website. I'm sure other places sell it as well. So here's the thing. As we were hiking this summer, I saw used toilet paper everywhere. We we see it on almost every hike we do. I know. So this, it's something we can all do. It's a small part we can all play to help save the environment and not leave little piles of toilet paper in our wilderness places. Anyway, check it out, ladies. I love it. Again, it's the Kula cloth. And I guess for all the men listening, this would be a really nice little gift for your significant other. Get your wife six of them and she can use them as napkins (laughs) next time you have friends over for dinner and then after <laughs> dinner you could they'll be like party gifts everyone hey. could take them home and you could explain it to them and then they'll never come over to your house for <laughs> dinner ever again <laughs> i like the way you're thinking that <laughs> all right well let's get started on today's topic karen what what is this episode about <laughs> this episode is about which parks are optimal to go to during which seasons does that make sense <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a seasons of life. <laughs> like, what 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 would our season of life be? This is the fall. Like, this is are we in the, a nice fall day, or is uh, it, we still we, in summer? No, late summer. Honey, I think we're, we've moved on to winter. <laughs> we're we're in December twenty second. I don't think so. <laughs> to me, it's still late summer, and I have my flip flops on. I don't I don't know what what season you're in, but. But, you know, all the national parks are open year-round. There are some exceptions, like Isle Royal that, that close in the winter. So uh, we'd encourage people to explore all times of the year. You know, most parks are open all year-round. That's right. So the purpose of this is, you know, let's say you would like to go on spring break with your kids and you're wondering what parks are good to go to during spring break, hopefully this episode will help you kind of decide. And and maybe there'll be a park on our list that you haven't thought of before. Yeah. And there are certain parks that are great all year round. And we'll, we'll mention those as we go through the seasons. But the organization of this episode is we'll go season by season, mm-hmm. talk about those different seasons and some of our favorite parks and suggestions for that particular season so that's right and to be fair i have included every single national park all 63 are somewhere on this list very good all right well let's start in winter and in the winter season Mm -hmm. we'll talk about some of the warm weather parks that are warm during the winter Right, because let's face it, most people who live in cold and snowy climates would like to get away someplace warm, right? I know we do. Yeah, like Florida. Yeah. And in Florida, you got Dry Tortugas, which is one of my favorite parks. Mm -hmm. It's out in the middle of nowhere in the Gulf of Mexico. And and Biscayne, which is right by Miami, and Everglades, which is essentially the whole southern tip of Florida. Three great parks. You could take at least a week. Spend a couple days in each park. It will be warm down there in southern Florida in the winter. And then adding on to that, which is what we did, if you're all the way down there, we would also tack on the Virgin Islands, Virgin Islands National Park. Yeah, well, just just one note there. Hurricane season in the Virgin Islands is June through November. And of course... Yeah, when did we go, Matt? When did you book that trip? We we went there in November. (laughs) Why? (laughs) To save money. (laughs) And what happened? (laughs) There was a hurricane. (laughs) Our umbrellas turned inside out. But I think as we wrote in our book, Dear Bob and Sue, that that was one of our favorite hikes. Yeah. We hiked from where we were staying at Keneal Bay Resort to the visitor center. And I think we hiked through a torrential river. We did. It was a jungle, actually, with a a river. Uh, the, The nice thing about it is it was quite warm and tropical so even though we were drenched you know we weren't cold at all because i think it was probably 85 degrees and very humid but yeah a great time to go in the winter i think december through march would be a fantastic time to go to the virgin islands and then there's american samoa which is the only piece of the united states south of the equator it's 82 degrees year round we went in december 
Weather was great. It's 82 uh, degrees. Yeah. As you pointed <laughs> out all year round. But that's a very tropical getaway for the winter. And speaking of tropical getaways... And if you're going to American Samoa, you will be flying through Hawaii, so you might as well stop and visit the two Hawaii national parks. Hawaii Volcanoes on the Big Island and Haleakala, which is on Maui. Now, Haleakala, even though it's in Hawaii, it can be cold and windy at the top. So if you're going there, take a sweatshirt or a jacket with you. We made this mistake. We got up there and almost froze to death. That's right. You'll definitely need uh, some kind of warm layers up there, and it also can be very windy. But, boy, that would be a fantastic winter trip. Uh, American Samoa and the two Hawaii parks. What more could you want? Palm trees, sun, fruity coconut drinks. Fruity fruity coconut (laughs) drinks. And we can't forget Death Valley. That's a great winter getaway because January averages about 68 degrees, and and February is about 75 degrees. Now, the lows at night will be in the 40s. Yeah, you definitely need a jacket. Uh, But the days are are beautiful in the winter in Death Valley. They are beautiful. Great hiking weather. We usually, I think we've gone in January, we've gone in February, and we've gone in March, and all have been absolutely beautiful. So Death Valley in California is a great place to go. Now, switching gears a little bit, we'll talk about the snowy parks in the winter. Yellowstone and Grand Tetons. Those are two of our favorite places to visit in the winter. Definitely snowy. Um, Now, a lot of the roads are closed. Uh, Access is limited, but you can see both of these parks on snowmobile tours. They also have other tours, too, like wildlife tours and photography tours, and we would highly recommend it. We've been to Yellowstone and Grand Teton a couple of times in the winter. It can be cold, but they're great parks. For those of you who like to snowshoe, cross-country ski, sled, or just sit by a roaring fire and sip on some whiskey. (laughs) I thought you we're going to say sip on some hot cocoa. No, it's just whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Most people visit these parks in the summer. That's where you have the traffic jams and the crowds of people. But in the winter, these parks are magical. Few people, the animals come out, no traffic jams. Right. We even rented a forest service cabin just north of Yellowstone one year and stayed there for a few nights and went into the park, and and that was a great experience. But if you prefer to stay somewhere that has heat and a bathroom, in Yellowstone, there are two lodges open in the winter, Mammoth Hot Springs Hotel and Old Faithful Snow Lodge. Moving a bit north to northern Montana, you have Glacier National Park. Glacier has somewhat limited access. Uh, The roads are closed past Lake McDonald Lodge. So basically, if you want to see the park in the winter and glacier, you're you're going on foot, you're going on snowshoes, or you're cross country skiing, and all of the in park lodges are closed. But it's still a beautiful place to visit. We, uh, we rented a forest service cabin just outside the park. That's another place we like to do our annual Forest Service cabin trip mm-hmm. uh, and stay close to the park and then do our snow activities in the park. That's right. And the cute little town of Whitefish is right outside the park and they have um, a skiing. I was going to say skiing hill. It's more than a hill. <laughs> they have, the, yeah, there's they have a, a mountain. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a ski resort right north of Whitefish. Right. So you could make a whole trip out of some skiing and some snowshoeing in the park. And it's just beautiful up there in the winter. So most people wouldn't think of California as a snowy winter destination, but Lassen Volcanic National Park in Northern California is around 6,700 feet, and it's a great place to visit in the winter. It is. Now, snowmobiles are not allowed inside the park, but you can snowshoe and ski. I read that they get up to 30 feet of snow November through May, so definitely a lot of winter recreation up there. And the visitor center is open, right? The the The, one in the southwest area? Yeah, that's open all year round. And I believe they have some uh, ranger-led snowshoe tours on the weekends. It's all on their website, so check that out. But another great place to visit in the winter. We haven't been there in the winter, but we've heard a lot of good things about it. So that's got to go in your bucket. That's right. something we got to do. Definitely. Another thing in your bucket, I know, because you keep telling me this over and over, is to see Sequoia and Kings Canyon, also in California, in the snow. Yes, that is a dream of mine, is to see the giant sequoias 
covered in snow and to walk amongst those trees. Now, two of the lodges in those parks are open in the winter. You have Wuxachi Lodge in Sequoia, and you also have John Muir Lodge in Kings Canyon. Those are both open. So you can stay there. You can snowshoe in the park. And if for some reason you plan this trip and there isn't any snow... There's great hiking. It's still can, a great, yeah, it's yeah, still a great s- park still, to visit. Right, still go and see the, the giant trees. So if you're going to go, check the road conditions because those parks are at elevation. I mean, they're over, over 7,000 feet. So yeah, a it, lot of winding roads. And you, yep. in, in these winter parks, you almost always have to have uh, chains with you or on your tires, either one. Now, in our home state of Washington, you have Mount Rainier. We love to go to Mount Rainier, to the Paradise area. It's always very snowy. We snowshoe there. People go sledding there. The problem is, for anyone planning a trip from out of state, is that sometimes in the winter, the only road up to Paradise is closed. They close the gate because of avalanche danger or or, or the snowfall is just too heavy and they can't get it plowed. Yeah, that Paradise Lodge is not open because it can literally be under 80 feet of snow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the drifts are pretty high up there, mm-hmm. but uh, the National Park Inn in Longmire is open, and, mm-hmm. and we've stayed there several times. We, lo- we love to drive up to Paradise in the winter, but we have had trips where they've closed the gate right there at Longmire because, well, the last time we were there, they got three feet of snow one day, mm-hmm. and they were taking care of avalanche dangers on the road, so... I I love that park in the winter. If you can get up to Paradise, it's a fantastic place to snowshoe and they have a little sledding hill. It's not always open, yeah. uh, but when it is, it's, it's great for kids to sled. That's right. And we should mention that that is the only area of Mount Rainier National Park that's open in the winter to cars. Of course, you know, if you're on your own, you can certainly snowshoe in wherever you like. But if you're driving, that Longmire and Paradise area is the only place that's open. How about Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado? Oh, how about that? That that would be a good winter (laughs) snowy park. We actually haven't ever been there in the winter, but I would love to visit. Another thing in the bucket. Yep. In the winter, there are fewer visitors. Many of the park roads stay open. And it's a great time to look for elk, moose, and other large mammals. And like the other parks we mentioned, you can sled, snowshoe, and cross-country ski. I would imagine it to be a magical place there in the winter. So is that it for our snowy parks in the winter? That is it. Uh, Of course, there are others, but some of the others appear on different places on my list. So So let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on to spring. And what are some of our favorite parks and things to do in the national parks in springtime? Well, let's start off with Joshua Tree in Southern California. I'm recommending spring because the wild flowers are incredible and the temperatures are mild. I, I would not recommend winter. Well, we went there. We, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we tried that. We went there in February. Uh-huh. We rented a, a little pull behind trailer and mm-hmm. camped in Joshua Tree and froze in our little trailer at night. Oh my gosh, it was so cold and so windy. Well, it was windy and I thought, well, we'll just close the trailer up and our body heat will keep us warm. The problem is you you can't get rid of the humidity in there if you don't have ventilation. So we had to open the vents to keep the condensation from building up. And so it's, it's cold. And I wore every (laughs) single layer of clothes that I had brought with me to stay warm. I know. Every time I looked over at you, you had your uh, down hoodie on with the hood up, plus plus a a beanie, plus your gloves. I mean, you were fully decked for winter in our trailer under the covers. Yeah, I get get cold at night. (laughs) You do. I think the best part of that trip was the morning we left and we got in the the truck and and cranked the heater and we headed to Death Valley, which was, of course, much warmer, as we've already discussed. And and we saved the rest of our trip in Death Valley. Yeah, for for a while there, I had given up on life. But (laughs) after the truck warmed up, I, I was... Feeling a little bit better. Another spring park is Swaharo. Sawaro. How do you pronounce it? Sawaro? Have we learned nothing? (laughs) Have we learned nothing? Sawaro. 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 
Saguaro National Park in southern Arizona, just outside of Tucson. Yeah. You know, you would think, and since it's in southern Arizona, that it would be warm enough in the winter to go. But we have seen quite a few photos of snow there in the winter. Mm. We've also, well, actually, we've been there in the winter when we went to Chiricahua. I mean, it can be nice. Yeah, you, but... could, have, you could have really nice winter days mm-hmm. there. But mm-hmm. if you really want some guarantee of good weather, spring would be the time to go. Spring would definitely be the time to go. Uh, Another good spring park is Big Bend National Park in Texas. I thought that would be on your fall list because you want to go to the chili cook-off in Terlingua. It it is actually on the fall list. Oh, it is on your fall list? I haven't read that far down in our notes. I couldn't decide uh, because I think they're actually both really great seasons to go. You know, summer is way too hot. Winter can be too cold. I think spring or fall are fantastic. So I put them on both. All right. Big Ben. We'll talk about that again Mm -hmm. a little bit later when we get to the fall. We will. How about Gateway Arcs? You know, we went there in May, springtime. And yeah. it, was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So Gateway Arch in St. Louis is, is a park you could visit all year round. But I have to say that when we went in May, all of the walking paths and all of the um, landscaping outside, you know, there were flowers blooming and the grass was green. It was absolutely beautiful in May. So that's why I randomly put it in spring. Yeah, good time to get uh, photographs of the arch itself. Absolutely. Now, because you're inside the um, the building and then hopefully you're going up to, to the top of the arch, you could do it year round, right? right? If you're there to, to explore the inside of mm-hmm. the arch, yeah, you could go there any time of year. Right. But if you want to spend time on the outside part of the park, which is, is really great, then spring is the time to go or fall. You know, another park that I think would be good in spring is Great Sand Dunes in Southern Colorado. Yes, we went in July. Yeah, it was a little little warm. (laughs) And we were stupid. We hiked up the highest sand dune in the afternoon. Yeah, three o'clock in the afternoon in in uh the heat uh of the day. (laughs) And really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Would not recommend that to anybody. It was blistering hot, both the sand and the, the outside temperature. It was not enjoyable at all. In that park, they have some mountainous hikes, but also... There's a creek there that flows between the visitor center and where the dunes start that flows pretty heavily in in the springtime, April through early June. And I know that that's a fun thing that people go there and families, they bring their beach chairs and play in the creek. Yeah. And I guess the the flow can get pretty fast and they ride the waves. We've seen photos. It looks really fun. Now, obviously, this is also a crowded time, especially on the weekends, because everybody wants to go and do that. But I do think that would be fun. There, when we were there in July, the creek had completely dried up. There was no more creek. Uh, but I think spring would be optimal. Yep. Okay. Now... I also have all five Utah parks listed in the spring, but spoiler alert, they're in the fall as well. So we're talking about the five national parks in Utah, which are Arches, Canyonlands, Zion, Bryce Canyon, and Capitol Reef. And we've been there multiple times in March and have had just incredibly fantastic weather. Mm -hmm. But every now and then... You can get snow. This last March we went and uh, it snowed on us. It snowed everywhere on us. It snowed in Canyonlands. It snowed in in Bears Ears. It snowed in Zion. I will say also that the years we've gone in March and it hasn't snowed on us, the temperature at night drops down to what, like 30 degrees. We tried to camp out and it was just way too cold. So when I say spring, I would say April. <laughs> yeah, or or daytime activities because mm-hmm. even March when when the temperatures are low at night during the day they can warm up and you just have spectacular weather days. Right. It is a great spring break destination for a reason. Okay, and let's see. We also have in spring, we have Badlands National Park in South Dakota. Yeah, that's a fantastic park. Again, can get pretty hot in midsummer, but springtime is great. A lot of wildflowers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been there. We went twice this last spring. We did. uh, To to Badlands. (laughs) Twice in May. Um, Weather was... Got good recordings of bird calls. (sighs) 
uh, uh, did some hikes when the temperatures weren't too hot. So moving all the way to the east over to Congaree National Park, which is in South Carolina, uh, we have that in spring because it is a humid subtropical climate. And the summers, I think, would be brutal. Also in the spring, they have their Firefly Festival. That's in May. And now, we've, we have not been to that. That's another thing on my bucket list. I would love <laughs> to see. You have the Firefly <laughs> Festival in your wish bucket. Is that, is that right? <laughs> Could I see the bucket before, before we plan the next trip? I'd like to, you don't want to go see them? I guess they all come out. No, I just like to know what's in the bucket because I think sometimes items fall in the bucket before they're fully approved. <laughs> well, unfortunately, if we want to go see the Firefly Festival in May, um, the National Park Service has gone to a lottery system. Oh, it's that for popular, tickets. huh? Okay. Yeah, well, I think part of it has to do with COVID. I think they want to limit the crowds. So I don't know if it will always be on a lottery system, but I think we'll have to start submitting that. Our trip to Congaree, we were there in April, did a really fun canoe tour with a ranger, uh, and the weather was great. And yeah, that was, was a, that was a great time to go. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, beautiful. so spring, spring's good for Congaree. That's right. Spring is also good for Pinnacles National Park in California. Yeah, kind of central California, fairly close to the coast. Beautiful park. Spring wildflowers, temperatures are, are fairly mild. Again, they can get extreme in the summer there. Mm-hmm. We went in the spring, had no idea about the wildflowers, and they were beautiful, and it was very green. Yeah, absolutely beautiful park. A lot of pollinators in that park, yes. we, we learned. But they don't bother you if you don't bother them. A lot, right. lot, lot of bees. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Are you ready to move on to summer? I am ready to move on to summer. Okay. Let's talk about the high elevation parks first. Okay, let's do that. Okay. Now, we've said this in numerous podcast episodes, but for these parks that are high elevation, many of the park roads don't open until early July because there is so much snow and many of the trails in the parks are snow covered until July. So when we're talking about summer, we're not talking about June. June. Yeah, I know a lot of people who either read our books or listen to the podcast that that might be, let's say in the Midwest and in summer could start, you know, mid April there. Right. Uh, Just know that some of these elevations like June is not summer in the mountains, especially Mm -hmm. in in some of these parks so maybe not the best and and this is why we we travel so much in july august september because a, a lot of these places we like to go to it's the only time we can go where, where the roads are clear and there's no snow on the trails that we want to go parks like glacier mount rainier north cascades lassen rocky mountain sequoia kings crater lake uh, these are all great parks to visit but i would wait till july or later to go and and then of course Got to get there quick because it's going to start snowing again, sometimes as early as mid-September. That's right. Uh, You could go in June, but a lot of the roads don't fully open until July. So you will miss part of the parks if you go in June. So just an FYI on that. But those are all premier parks to visit in the summer. Let's talk about the big one. Yosemite. We have that listed in summer too. Now, I know that's when the crowds descend is summertime. They have gone to a reservation system. We haven't been there since that has been um, in effect. So I'm guessing that's keeping the crowds down because they have limited to a certain number of people every day. I know when we visited that park, that Tuolumne Meadows area was one of our favorite areas. 
The entire park's fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, but the Tuolumne Meadows area is, was a little less crowded. Right. Now that is up high. That's not in the. That's not in Yosemite Valley. That's at eighty six hundred feet. They get a tremendous amount of snow, and that Tioga Road that takes you to Tuolumne Meadows is only open in the summer and the early fall. So if you want to see that, you need to be visiting in the summer. I think the same thing goes for the Glacier Point Road. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful overlook because you you drive up to the top of Glacier Point Road and you can look down into Yosemite Valley and look across at Half Dome. So that's a beautiful area, but the road's only going to be open when it's cleared of, of winter snow. On our first visit, we went in September, and it was a beautiful time to go. I think the only downside was that the famous waterfalls were not flowing very much at all. Um, And our second time, we went in March one year because we were speaking at a ranger conference in Yosemite. And, you know, we went into the valley, we were hoping to do a hike, and there just wasn't much to do. We, We talked to a ranger, and really, there was a little bit of snow, but nothing was accessible yet. Yeah. It's a, bu- it's a beautiful park at that time of year, but it's early spring, mid-spring. It still, still feels like winter. Things aren't fully open or accessible. So that's why we put it as a summer park. Right. I think if you want to take photos, if that's your main goal, then winter would be gorgeous, especially if you could catch it in the snow. But if you want to hike and if you want to see all the areas of the park, then summer is when you should go. We have a long list of summer parks, so let's keep going. Okay. The, the Alaska parks, Denali, Kenai Fjords, Glacier Bay, Katmai, Wrangell St. Elias, Lake Clark, Kobuk Valley, Gates of the Arctic, all of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are summertime parks. It's not that you couldn't do things there in the winter, but you really want to do those in the summer. Absolutely. Because of the weather, because of the long days, and because of a lot of the tours that you'll want to do and the small um, plane flights that you'll have to take, they are definitely summer parks. Let's talk about another island park. This one, however, isn't tropical and you can't visit it in the winter. Isle Royale, which is the only national park that closes in the winter. It's open from April 16th to October 31st. Yeah, and it's actually in the state of Michigan, but right in the middle of Lake Superior. And it can be pretty brutal up there in the winter. So they, they close it in the winter. So summertime is, is when you want to go there. Right. And there are several different boat tours that you can take to get up to the island. And those only run in the summer as well. So that is when you want to visit Isle Royale. And staying up north, and we did these two parks together when we visited all the national parks, Voyagers, which is on the northern border of Minnesota, we did that on the same trip we visited Isle Royale. Uh, Voyagers is a great summer park because you can actually get out on the lake. We took a ranger-led boat tour uh, that took us through the park. Yeah, Voyagers has 500 islands, 655 miles of shoreline, and 218,000 acres of land and water. And I think the best way to see it is by boat. So summer, summer, summer for Voyagers. Now, changing geographies completely channel islands in california in southern california just kind of actually outside the metropolitan area of of los angeles it's a great summer park to visit there are five islands that make up the national park and in in the summer you can go sailing snorkeling kayaking swimming whale watching all kinds of things Uh, now when we went we went at the end of september right and it was the weather was fantastic. Right. And there are some good hikes there. Just be careful in the summer because it can get very warm uh, on those trails in the summertime. So, you know, another forecast, take water, cover up. I will say when we went at the end of September, everything was very brown. I look back at our pictures and the landscape that we're walking through is is just nothing but brown. And I've seen photos from months earlier where it's green and beautiful and it looked like a different park. So if I were to if I were doing it again, which you know maybe one day we will, I'd go in June because yeah. I think it, I think the landscape is much prettier. Yeah, late spring or early summer is mm. probably best there. That's right. So how about Indiana Dunes? That's one of the newer national parks, Indiana Dunes. Yeah, it's really kind of a three-season park, wouldn't you say? 
Yes, I would definitely say. So Indiana Dunes is not far from Chicago. Gosh, I think maybe it took us an hour to get there. So when we drove, but one thing that people love to do when they go to this park is to go to the beaches. They have a lot of beaches in the park. So if that's your thing, then you want to go in the summer. Um, But as far as like, if you're going to hike the sand dunes, which is what we did, you know, spring or fall would probably be better because it's not going to be as hot. Yeah. Like we said, it's, it's probably a a good three season park Mm -hmm, for sure. So Black Canyon of the Gunnison in Colorado, that's a park that's at elevation. So summertime is probably your your best bet to have uh, clear driving conditions there. But it's a beautiful park to look over the rim of the canyon. Mm-hmm. Lots and, of viewpoints. Yeah. So Black Canyon of the Gunnison has a south rim and a north rim. The north rim area is closed in the winter, and the south rim main road is closed November through April. So definitely a summertime park. And finally, also in Colorado, is Mesa Verde. Mm-hmm. And uh, now most of the things to see in Mesa Verde require a tour. A ranger-led tour. I think there's one or two places that you can go kind of on your own, but not much, really. They, they, they want you to be on a ranger-led tour. Yeah, the ranger-led tours of these ancestral Puebloan cliff ruins are only available in the summer. So that's definitely the time you want to go. And as we found out, there are also special tours offered a few times a week throughout the summer to more remote cliff ruins. And they limit the number of visitors to a dozen or so per tour. And if you're interested in these tours, you'll want to get on the Mesa Verde website for more information about buying tickets ahead of time. All right, it is time to move on to fall. So once again, on our fall list, I have all five Utah parks because fall is just a great time to visit those. I don't think we need to go into it anymore. No, so- Southern Utah is a, mm-hmm. a great place to visit, I think, all year round, but uh, mm-hmm. spring and, and fall are fantastic there. That's right. But if you want fall colors, we could go east. Up to the northeast, you got Acadia, you got Shenandoah, and, and further south, you got the Great Smoky Mountains. Fantastic color-watching parks. Exactly. Leaf leaf peeping. Leaf peeping, fall foliage, whatever you want to call it. Great parks for the fall because not only do you have that, but, but you have cooler temperatures for hiking. Now, the downside is this is a popular time to go, so you'll want to make your travel plans early. All three of these parks have scenic drives and great hiking trails. And another fall park that we have on our list is Cuyahoga Valley. Now, we uh, we probably could have planned our trip to Cuyahoga Valley National Park better. We went early July when it was super hot. So I think fall would be a better time to go. Well, definitely. So Cuyahoga Valley is in Ohio, just south of Cleveland. And when we went, we had been visiting our friends Bob and Sue in Michigan because their daughter was getting married over a weekend. And we drove from there to Cuyahoga Valley. And our our plan was to visit it on Monday and Tuesday. But this was one of the first parks that we ever visited during our tour. And a lot of rookie mistakes. A lot of rookie mistakes. We did not research. We did not plan like we should have. And much to my disappointment, the one thing I wanted to do in the park was to ride the Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroad. And guess what? They don't run the train on Mondays and Tuesdays. People train don't run on Mondays. So <laughs> I was we missed so, that. I was so disappointed. That's the that is the only thing I wanted to do in the park. It's, and it's been eleven years since that disappointment, and you're still <laughs> speaking about it. I'm still. I, I hear about this often. I know. I can't get over it. Yeah. I'm still not over it. Yeah. Also, the other reason that that this park is great to visit in the fall is because this scenic railroad offers what they call ales on rails, which is where you get to drink beer yeah, on the train. And that's what I wanted to do. That's the only thing I wanted to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they have a specific one that's Oktoberfest. And for all of you wine drinkers out there, they have a, a special train event called Grape Escape. And that's where you do wine tasting on the train. So we are definitely going back and we're going to we're going to do some of those uh, some of those train events. Yeah, we'll plan that for the fall. Maybe not this fall, but mm-hmm. but a fall. Definitely. But another national park 
Guadalupe Mountains uh, in Texas, in West Texas. We've been there a couple times, but we went there in the fall on our, on our first visit. And I thought that that was a great time because the temps were a little bit cooler, but also we hiked in McKittrick Canyon and the colors were great. Yeah, incredibly beautiful fall colors, which we weren't expecting in this desert environment in Texas of Guadalupe Mountains. You know, it's a very, um, very rocky, deserty looking park. But all of a sudden, we go back in this canyon, and there are reds and oranges and yellows, and it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that was a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And not too far away from Guadalupe Mountains is White Sands in southern New Mexico, and that that would also be a great fall park to visit. That's right. The summer is brutally hot. The springtime, a lot of people do go in the spring. Spring can be windy. I think your optimal time to go to White Sands, especially if you want to hike on those dunes, is the fall. Well, moving back towards the center of the country, Teddy Roosevelt National Park in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. We've been there in the spring. We've been there in the fall. It's, fall's a great time. One reason is there, there's no ticks in the fall I was just like, say, like there is in the spring. Thing. So we had a bad tick we, we incident a, yeah, in, it, when we were there in April. In, in April, and they're all uh, the, the summer heat kills off the ticks. So by fall, it's a it's a beautiful place, and and there also you'll you'll see incredible fall colors. Right, and it just seems like a fall park, right? You go on that Darling Scenic Road, and the bison are out, and. You know, the leaves are starting to change colors. I don't know. It seems to me like the perfect place to go in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. And I I see on our notes here, you also have a repeat. You have Badlands National Park (laughs) in South Dakota as a fall park. That's right. It's showing up twice. Badlands. Yeah. What can I say? It's great in the spring and the fall. So I cheated. I put it on twice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about Yellowstone? Yellowstone's a good fall park park to visit. Mm -hmm. It is because the crowds are so much less. Most people go in the summertime. Um, If you can wait till the fall, you don't have as many traffic jams, you have fewer people, and you still have, uh, you can still access the entire park. So I think fall is a great time to go. I I like Yellowstone at any time of the year, but just word of caution, even in the fall, like you could get snow. You you get Mm -hmm. snow any month in in Yellowstone. So uh, Mm -hmm. know that that's a possibility. But yeah, Fall's a great time to visit Yellowstone. Now, Big Bend, as we mentioned before, that that was in our spring list as well. But if you had to choose, I would choose fall because... (laughs) (laughs) The first weekend of November, usually, you have to check the Mm -hmm. website, in the little town of Terlingua, right west of the park, they have the Terlingua International Chili Championship. That's right. And we missed it by a week, but that would be great to visit while while you're visiting the park, go to the chili contest. Yeah, that's in the bucket. Moving northwest to Nevada, the only national park in Nevada is Great Basin National Park. That is on our early fall list because... This park, surprisingly, has some great fall foliage as well. We went at the end of September, and it was beautiful, remember? It it was beautiful because what we wanted to do, the two things we wanted to do in that park were to hike to the only glacier in the state of Nevada, which is up at the end of the park road, and also to see the bristlecone pine trees. And so there was a trail up there that we took. We, We were able to see both of those. And as you drive up in elevation from the visitor center up, you essentially drive through the seasons. Right. And so the aspen trees were turning and it was gold, a- a- absolutely it. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Those aspen trees, the leaves were gold. It was stunning to see those white trunks and the gold leaves. Absolutely beautiful. And, and the day was warm and sunny. So I think fall is a great time to go. Now, this next park we have not been to yet, New River Gorge in the great state of West Virginia, the newest national park, number 63. And we do have a trip planned there fairly soon. Mm -hmm. We're going to go see this in the fall. And uh, we would imagine, haven't been there yet, but the fall foliage is fantastic. They also have a festival. Are we going to be there during the festival, the bridge day? Well, we are, but I think we're leaving that day because okay. we didn't realize that the crowds are going to be coming we, in. We kind of, our thing is to kind of miss crowds anyway. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but they have Bridge Day in the, usually in the middle of October, which is a great festival. So apparently there are hundreds of base jumpers who come from all over to legally base jump 876 feet off the New River Gorge Bridge into the gorge below. 
It's also the only day that you can walk across the bridge. It's a big festival. Um, thousands and thousands flock to we that. We won't be doing that. Nope, no, nope, we won't be jumping off the bridge or flocking to the festival. <laughs> no, no, but we'll, we'll see the park, have a great visit, and then leave before the masses of, of visitors show up. That's right. But I'm excited to uh, to, to see the 63rd National yeah, Park and check that, that off the list. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. One more, one more on our fall park list, which is Petrified Forest in Arizona, kind of northeastern Arizona. We've only visited that park once, and I really enjoyed our visit. I did too. You could visit Petrified Forest in many different seasons, but in the fall, you have less people, you have less precipitation, and you have milder temperatures. So I think the fall is ideal to visit Petrified Forest. So that's our fall list. Mm -hmm. Yet... Even though we've covered all four seasons, the list isn't done yet, is it, Karen? It's not. We have a few that really are year-round parks. So let's just talk about, there's a few on the list, Redwood National Park in Northern California. We have been there in January and April and September, and we've hiked all of those months. Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember the difference between any no, of those. It's, no. they, they all seem the same. So you, I think you're right, Northern California there, yeah. up against the coast. It's very much mild. It seemed like every time we're there, it's in the 50s and 60s and kind of misty and um, just a very temperate climate. Um, And any time is good to see those giant trees. Right. Um, So that's on our year round list. Also, one of our favorites in our home state is Olympic National Park. And not because it's the same all year round. It's different in the different seasons. And there are so many things to do Mm -hmm. in each season. Hurricane Ridge, which uh, is at the top of the park. There's a road that goes up there. And we've been up there both in the summertime and the winter. The winter is fantastic snowshoeing. Oh, my gosh. They get a lot of snow up there. It's absolutely beautiful. And then you can go all the way down to the coast, which is fairly mild all year round, although you get a lot of storms that come in. And then, of course, there are two rainforests in Olympic. There's the Ho and the Quinault. Those are kind of tempered all year round. So we go to Olympic all the time. Yeah, I'd like to go sometime and storm watch, maybe at like Claylock Lodge there on the coast and watch the storms roll in. Yeah, so that's that's a great all year round park. Another all year round park is Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas. And when we went there... We visited the bathhouses, and the bathhouses are open all year round, so it's an inside thing. Right. And they also have the only brewery that's inside a national park. And I'm a little disappointed here because it wasn't open when we were there. I think it was just in the planning stages. So 11 years later, I'm still... You still haven't gotten over that one yet, huh, No, I have, No, I haven't. <laughs> See how I feel about the train? Yeah. yeah some, <laughs> it kind of hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Some of those mistakes we made on our early visits to the park, we need to erase by going back. For so sure. yeah, yeah. A brewery in a national park. What, I know. What, what could be better? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Well, except possibly the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Maybe the Grand Canyon's better. Of and course. you've got this in our year-round park list, the Grand Canyon. Yeah, because we have been there year-round. Now, July and August are the hottest, the rainiest, and the busiest. And of course, it can snow in the winter. I'd love to see it with snow on it. Yeah, I, I would too. I would agree. The the view of the canyon, especially from the south rim, it would be spectacular in the snow. That's right. Now, just a note, if you also wanted to visit the north rim, which which is the least visited part of the park, the north rim is closed in the winter. Um, The high season for north rim is May 15th through October 15th when the lodge is open and the road is open. And it can be snowier there because it's it's a thousand feet higher in elevation than the south rim. So that's why it's closed. And so that's it for our park list. (laughs) But Matt, (laughs) there's something we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite, I saved it for last. (laughs) All year round, you could go to caves, Karen. Did you know that? uh The three national park caves. So very briefly, let's talk about first my favorite Carlsbad Caverns, which is in New Mexico. So here's the thing. All of these caves, the three national park caves, are the same temperature inside the cave all year round. They are between 54 and 56 degrees. So it really doesn't matter what time of year you visit the park, unless you want to see some other parks that are close by. And that's when you're going to have to look at the schedule. Right. Word of warning, when it's 100 degrees outside, it is still 
54 to 56 in the cave. So bring a jacket if, yeah. if you're going there in the yeah. middle of, of the summer. So I'm going to say, though, I'm going to say fall is the best time to visit Carlsbad because you're going to want to add on Guadalupe Mountains National Park. It's, what, an hour away? I mean, you wouldn't go all the way there without seeing both of them. And as we said, fall is the best time for Guadalupe Mountains. So I'm just going to go ahead and recommend fall for Carlsbad. Yeah, just one note on that, though. The bats, if you want to see the bat flight, program the bats leave carlsbad and migrate south sometime mid-october and they don't really know Mm -hmm. the exact date so uh, just just so you know if you want to see that uh and you're going in october the bats could could be gone now you have wind cave in south dakota and i put on wind cave summer and fall because you're going to want to visit all the other park units that are close by. Right, right. It's the whole Black Hills, Badlands area is is fantastic. So many things to do. If you're going to go to Wind Cave, you're going to go to a lot of the other places to visit in the Black Hills area. Definitely. And the third cave is Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. It's busy in the summer. And so really, you know, you could... Go there in the winter where where the crowds are less. And when you're in the cave, it's going to be the same temperature. So if you want to avoid the crowds, maybe that's the time to go. Exactly. Now, there are some trails to hike in Mammoth. So if you also want to hike, then spring and fall are the best. But really, Mammoth is another year-round, year-round park. Right. And I think that's all of them. I think we covered everything. We all covered four every park and, and our, every park. Yeah, I hope everyone picked up a tip or two in this episode about which parks to go to at which times of the year. And as we said at the beginning, check out different seasons in different parks because sometimes the off season or the off off season is the absolute best time to go. Absolutely. you'd like to know more about what to expect in the parks in the various seasons, check out our three Dear Bob and Sue books. You can read about our travels to the national parks and other public lands during every season, where we experienced everything from spring snowstorms in Yellowstone to record rainfall and floods in Alaska in August. All of our books are available on Amazon.com. And if you'd like to follow our current travels, you can find us on Instagram at Matt and Karen Smith, on Twitter at Matt and Karen, and on Facebook at Dear Bob and S. Thanks so much to all of you for tuning in today. And Karen, next week, I'm going to review a piece of gear, something that doesn't have to do with pee. (laughs) I cannot wait for that one.